she entered, and the door closed behind her. The room was full of a fug of cigar smoke and an atmosphere of polished leather, mahogany, silver inkwells, drawers with brass handles and glass paperweights. A portly man was trying to roll up a large wall map on the other side of the room and gleaming with effort. His pate gleamed, his boots gleamed, the masonic seal on the heavy gold watch chain over his paunch gleamed, and his face was shiny with heat and red with years of wine and food. He finished rolling the map and looked up. His expression became solemn and pious. Miss Lockhart, daughter of the late Matthew Lockhart? Yes, said Sally. He spread out his hands. My dear Miss Lockhart, he said, I can only say how sorry, how truly sorry all of us were to hear of your sad loss. A fine man, a generous employer, a Christian gentleman, a gallant soldier, a... Um, a great loss. Sad and, and tragic loss. She inclined her head. You are very kind, she said. But I wonder if I could ask you something. My dear! He had become expansive and genial. He pulled out a chair for her and stood with his broad backside to the fire, beaming like an uncle. Anything that is in my power will be done, I guarantee well, it's not that I want anything done. It's simpler than that. It's just... Well, did my father ever mention a Mr. Marchbanks? Do you know anyone of that name? He appeared to consider it with great attention. Marchbanks, he said. Marchbanks. There is a ship's chandler in Rotherhithe called that, spelt Marjorie Banks, you know. Would that be the one? I don't recall your poor father ever having dealings with him, though. It may be, said Sally. Do you know his address? Tasmania Wharf, I believe, said Mr. Higgs. Thank you. And, and there was something else. It sounds silly. I shouldn't be bothering you, really, but... My dear Miss Lockhart, anything that can be done will be done. Just tell me how I can help. Well, have you ever heard the phrase, The Seven Blessings? Then something extraordinary happened. Mr. Higgs was a large, well-fed man, as we have remarked, so perhaps it was not Sally's words so much as the years of port and Cuban cigars and rich dinners that preceded them which made him crumple at the heart and gasp for air. He took a step forward. Then darkness flooded his face, his hands clutched at his waistcoat, and he fell with a crash to the turkey carpet. One foot kicked and twitched five times, hideously. His open eye was pressed to the carved claw foot of the chair she sat in. She did not move, nor did she scream or faint. Her only actions were to draw back the hem of her dress from where it brushed the shiny dome of his skull and to breathe deeply several times with her eyes shut. Her father had taught her this as a remedy for panic. He had taught her well. It worked.